gold. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Adult Adjacent. Uh, hopefully, you all are doing well in these streets. I got yet another special guest here today. Um, I have Miss Kaya Fajian, who goes by affectionately Chef K. Uh, she is a food, she is a food literacy educator, and she has her social media platform, Chick is the Chef. And so she's going to come on today and talk to us about all things food, cooking, and go down that journey. So how are you doing, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well, just trying to stay alive from COVID to the world happening and just trying to navigate and be okay out here. I I get it. It has been it has been the best and worst of all worlds. Yes, very, very much. Uh, if you would have told me back in the day, like I would be going through a pandemic at some point in my life, I'd be like, LOL, just kidding. You're funny. But here we are. <laughs> Four, four or five months later, still going strong. So we we're making it, and we'll and we yeah. will make it out of all of it. Yes, granted, people act right and stop going to the beach and doing all that silly stuff, but it's a whole. It'll be a whole nother conversation. <laughs> it's so tough to think about. It's it's so tough to think about. It is. It is living in Texas, is, which is a place where we're surging by the second, and it's just ugh, there's no hope here. But that's okay. We're gonna push through and stay positive, right? Yes. I didn't even know you're in a town called Lebanon. I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah, I'm in, well, you I'm said, in is, Lebanon, Tennessee. Uh okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh all right, so like just like every other episode, I always start off with an icebreaker question. Uh I'm not sure you've heard an episode with me asking this question yet, so I'm excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> um as you, so you think back to let's say after college. So you graduated from college. You had to start making adult purchases on your own. Uh, what's one thing that you purchased that was way more expensive than you ever thought it would be? One thing I purchased that I thought was way more expensive than I thought it was going to be. That's a good one. You know what? Okay, <laughs> it's, it's not a thing. Does that count? That's what anything you have to spend money on. It's just more expensive than you thought. All right. I I mean I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say the first time I had to get another tire. Ooh. Like I, just, I, I yeah, like that was because it, it, you know you, I never talked to anybody about about tires and getting flat tires and stuff. I mean I knew I had a spare in the truck, but so yes, the first time I had to buy a new tire. <laughs> okay. How how much did it run you? I think that I think that tire and the one I ended up getting was like a hundred and seventy five dollars. Oh, just for one tire. That's, that's what I'm saying. Just for one. Like I was like, I can't oh, imagine man. putting all new tires on a car. Yeah, man, it's 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 real ghetto, man. You never thought it was that expensive. Here we are. Right. He was like, oh well, you should get you should get two, one for the left and the right, so it'll it'll ride even. I was like, oh wait, hold on, no. <laughs> <laughs> Always say no to the mechanics. They they try to swindle women and get you spend all your money. Don't don't do it, man. 
Right. But yes, that's, I think that that would definitely be it. It would be a tire. That's crazy. Okay. 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 That's, that's so fun. Like I've gotten so many like different answers. One person was like, they spent $500 on some pots and pans. Um, another person was like car insurance. Like it's just like lots of different things. And so I'm always intrigued to hear what people say. Tristan was like, uh, when he first got to college, he bought an iPhone 3GS. And I said, <laughs> LOL. Um, <laughs> one, that's just funny to hear the, the model that was on, but also like to hear people's priorities, what you buy when you first have to do it on your own. It's, it's always funny. So, Right. iPhone But I'm 3. glad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Because we're on like 11 and 12, right? Something like that. Yes. Uh, that's how you just know you get old, man. By the time we start having kids and stuff, you'll be like, oh, iPhone might not be numbers anymore. It might be something else, letters or exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but all right. So I wanted to bring you on today because uh, as I think about all my episodes, really are just things that I think about on a daily basis. Uh, and so one thing that I've coronavirus has forced me to have to do is to like cook more extensively. Right? Uh, I work a job where they give me like a meal plan on a college campus, and so many days out of a year. I never have to cook because I just eat on campus and save money. Uh, but now, like, I really had to kind of buy groceries and buy seasonings and all this stuff, right? And, you know, most people, when you cook, you have your, like, rotation of, like, 10 dishes that you just make all the time. But that gets old real quick, man. And so I wanted to use your – pick your brain on different topics around cooking that can kind of help everybody um, learn new tricks and kind of – make cooking a fun thing if that can be possible. Is that you think that's possible? Of course. Because uh, I'm not a cooker, but I understand you have to do it. So here we are. Uh, so get us started, I guess. Talk us through um, your like platform and how you kind of got into having like food education and how did you get into that? Yeah, it honestly started in high school. So I don't know. If you can remember that far back, it wasn't that long ago. But I have just just always loved cooking for people, like just cooking for people, hosting people, anything around food. I used to always beg my mom, like, can we have this at our house? Can we can we do Thanksgiving at our house? And just because I wanted to see the look on people's faces and that kind of got combined with wanting to help other people. I feel like I've always been kind of of service and wanting to serve others. So the two kind of meshed together during college, really from in the dorms and then just knowing people going over people's houses and cooking. And then they're like, how do you do that? How did you like, how did you make that happen? How does it taste like that? And I was like, oh, okay, I can show you. And I was like, oh, a lot of people want to know how. So let me try and... Let me try and make a business out of there. I'm sure it's more than just the people I know. And that's really how the whole chick is the chef and kitchen this platform was born. Just of people asking tons of questions. And I'm like, okay, this is becoming work, like a job. So <laughs> I mean, let me see if I can actually turn it into a job. So I just kind of made people ask me their question. And then I'd say, what's that worth to you? Like, what would you, what would you be willing to pay somebody for that? Or would you be willing to pay somebody to teach you how to cook? And they said, yes. So started doing kids classes, adult knife skills classes. And fast forward now, this is like four years. 
yeah, I've been doing Kitchen This for four years and we've hosted literally thousands of attendees on our platform. It's kind of crazy to think about. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I, I feel like I knew you cooked in high school, but I wouldn't say I've ever like remember like, man, I had some food that Kaya made, um, which is okay. <laughs> like I think life just didn't allow that and I didn't have a car. Uh, and so it's not like I was just like around hanging out with everybody. So I fully, fully understand that. Um, that's awesome that you were able to find that, that uh, niche market while you were in college. Cause everybody in college is always hungry, right? If you think about, it, uh, it's just college. Part of college is just always being hungry and eating all the time. Yes. I mean, we like, we want food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but oftentimes living in the dorms and even when you get into your own like apartment, like it's always usually something quick cause you don't always have like the money. And so like, that time of like learning that usually doesn't ever happen. Right. And so and I think that's how you kind of were able to catch people and realize like, how did you learn to do that? And it's nobody ever teaches us that kind of stuff. Exactly. And that's where I wanted to now like catch people in high school and even younger if I can, so that they're not always going through the drive-through or, you know, finding whatever in the calf that maybe isn't the healthiest. Although I don't, you probably know better than I do. I'm sure cafeterias are a little bit more different now and have a lot more options. Uh, yes and no. I think it depends on the, the institution and kind of like student profile. So the institution I work at now, um, I eat pretty healthy, like on a daily, right? Like I, they have all kind of vegetable dishes and vegan dishes. They have a whole vegan section. Um, the last school I worked at, vegan was like an afterthought. Like, oh, you vegan? Here's a salad. Uh, so I think it just really depends on the school uh, and what the population kind of demands. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got a question for you. So I guess, why do you think, uh, like, as we're growing up, how come cooking is not a skill set that people are typically, like, taught, I guess, as children? I think it's because it's not... A necessity like there's always somebody else in your house that's doing it and so there's something else that you could be doing like taking out the trash or mowing the yard or of course doing your homework while somebody else is cooking so it's just hasn't really been made a necessity and then I think in some households even when the child is involved it's like it's really small tasks like as opposed to really letting them get in there and start learning how to use their knife they're just stirring something in a bowl for a couple of seconds and then the adult takes it away before it gets too messy so (laughs) it's like no no that's good that's enough all right go back and and play with your toys or something so Mm -hmm. I I think that that's honestly it's just you know they're, they're doing something else and somebody else is taking care of that that task if they're doing a lot of cooking at home at all so so true right i think for me and i think back like my mom would cook so i don't know this sounds bad like my mom didn't cook a lot uh but i think some of that was because of the lifestyle that i live so being a student athlete in high school all your games you're always traveling and late night practice you get home eight o'clock nobody's trying to cook right like as an adult i'm realizing i get home at six and i don't want to cook so i imagine getting home at eight o'clock and so fast food is the easy answer and it's cheap and I could just crank it out. Uh, but I also think like, I wonder what role me being a boy had in like me not learning. Right. Cause I think in society we are, it's not unnatural for 
a young girl to be learning how to cook at a young age and then boys you don't even think about a kitchen besides making a sandwich or hot dog or putting something in the oven uh, <laughs> uh, and so i just like i have a friend i went to college with she uh she puts a lot of things about her like her child on the internet uh and one of the things that i love that she does is like she did this this week is like she teaches them like how to cook so like almost like once or twice a week he's with her or her or his grandma like He's in there cooking something and he has like a, a easy bake kitchen and he's doing all this stuff as a young age. And I was like, yes, teach that young man how to cook. Yes. I mean, they, like you need to know it's in now because of COVID probably people are like, oh, I didn't know how to even make those in the oven, especially when restaurants were going to just take out only or closing down. But if they had those little skill sets and I, I talked to clients like, this is the thing that comes up all the time. The first point in life where a lot of my clients ever were introduced to kitchen utensils and things like that was when they registered for their wedding. And I'm like, how can it not be until, you know, that age when you actually thought about, like, a food processor? So, you know, up until that point, like, they just didn't know. So I think that's awesome that she's got them in there cooking. Oh, I'm so excited for that young man and all the people that ever interact with him. He's probably going to be in there cooking because there's always one kid in college that like cooks all the time. Like, oh, man, I just love cooking. And that wasn't me. I was the, I'll cook. I mean, I'll eat. I'll even wash the dishes, right? Like I knew my my role in this because people hate washing dishes. Uh. Don't, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's another thing of why people don't cook at home and why some folks go through the drive-thru a lot. That cleanup can be crucial. It, yes, washing dishes is a cumbersome thing, but I don't know. I, I just like doing it. I've never had a my mom would cook. She's like, "Go wash the dishes." I'm like, "All right, sounds good." And so I even have a dishwasher. And I don't use it at all. Uh, so that's oh, that's oh, you're a good one. I know who to call now. <laughs> if you got a good meal, I'll I'll wash all the dishes. Because <laughs> um, I feel like dishwashers just don't get as get as clean as the hand. You get in there, and I don't know. That's just that's just me. Uh, but I like, I don't know. I think it's just so crazy that we don't teach people how to cook. Cause like, you're going to have to eat for every single day for the rest of your life. Right. Like that's, that's, that's something you have to do. Right. And so exactly. uh, learning how to cook is a basic survival skill set, no matter who you are, male, female, gender, like not conforming, whatever. Like if you are a human and you are surviving, you have to eat. And so learning how to cook is a valuable skill. And so I hate when guys were like, ask a girl, can you cook? Can you cook, sir? Because, <laughs> bro, like, it, it's not the women's job to, to serve you and always cook. Like, uh, I don't know. That's, that's, that's another episode, like you say. This uh, We'll have to come back, talk about those uh, society's gender roles. Yes. I, I did an episode about our, our all men trash, and that's probably been my highest uh, listened episode. And <laughs> seems like people are interested in that, that chat. So, Oh, I'm definitely going to check that one out. <laughs> LOL. Um, so I guess like when you think about cooking education, like, I guess like what's, what's step one, right? Like, is it, is it learning how to cook or is it like having utensils? Like what, I guess, what is your opinion on what's step one in the education of cooking, I guess? Yeah. If it's somebody that starting from zero and you just want to get in the kitchen for the first time, I always tell them knife skills. That's my, that's my first, first step. Knife skills. Do you know how to hold a knife? Do you know which knife you should be using? 
that's it. You got to spend some time on that, which most people, if they spend a good two to three nights just actually being really conscious about their knife skills, they're going to be golden once they keep doing it. Mm. How how do how does one get uh, quality knife skills? Because I wouldn't say my my when I watch Food Network, I'm like, man, I'm not I'm not doing that. But I can service get a serviceable job going. So how how do you learn that? Well, besides finding somebody that can teach you, I think it's really just grabbing a potato. A potato is like my favorite thing for folks to use, and holding your knife, good pinch grip, and going to town on that potato getting whatever cuts you want, whether they're little julienne strips, you're trying to go for a dice, you just got to practice. And then I love potatoes because you could make French fries with it when you're finished. You could make mashed potatoes, potato soup. Like you're not going to waste it, you know, cut off the ends of it and still even make potato skins. But it's just, you got to practice just like everything else. Practice makes perfect. Perfect mm-hmm. practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. <laughs> Because you can be in there just butchering the whole thing up. Like, oh, I'm good. I'm like, no, that ain't it, dog. Uh, that's that's kind of where I am. Like, I have, you was like, get lots of knives. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I only have one knife, right? Like, like one knife, I cut everything. If I'm cutting multiple things, I go go wash it off, wash it, and then cut the next thing. And it's just like, hearing you talk about having multiple knives, it's like, well, add that to the list of things to buy. Yeah, not a whole bunch of them. You know, just three. Three. So I guess what what would be the three? Or if I so I, yeah, what would be three? Is what I would say. So you need your chef's knife. That's usually just like that biggest one you see. Might be six inches. Might be eight inches. It's a good all-purpose knife. Then you need your paring knife. It's the small one. Like it's what my grandmama would peel an apple with. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I can envision that. Yes. Just hold it in your hand and then you need a serrated knife. So some people call it a bread knife. It's got the little teeth, kind of looks like a little zigzag. Yeah. yeah. Those are the three you need. The chef's all purpose, every task, paring knife for your smaller projects. And then the serrated one is for bread or tomatoes or melons, anything that's kind of soft. Those are the only three you need. Okay. Okay. I'm learning a lot here. Uh, that's, that's why I have this podcast because I'm really learning myself every time I talk to somebody and I hope somebody can learn too. So, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I guess as you, so you got your, your cookware uh, or you just got your knives. So right. what are some recommendations you have for like, I guess like pots and pans and that whole experience? So it's the same thing. I, I think that when you get a whole set of pots and pans, sometimes it can be a little scary. It's like, you got all these, you got all the lids. Mm-hmm. You need, you need four. I'll be honest. You need, you need four. You need like a nonstick skillet. So you make your eggs and your omelets in it. You got that. You're covered. You need a nice pot. Got to make your soups and your pasta water. Cause everybody boils water for pasta. Hopefully, if you're cooking at home. <laughs> Hopefully. I need to cross my fingers on that one. <laughs> then you need a saute pan. It's kind of, it'll have like high sides. You can do sauces in it or even saute veggies in it. And a sheet pan. That's that's it. Those are the four that you 
that you just gotta have. Like a like a baking sheet. No, yeah, mean? a baking sheet pan. Yeah, like for roasting okay. your vegetables or your meats or whatever. Okay, okay, I have all that. I'm some covered. So I guess like what makes a good pot though, right? Because I think when people think pots and pans, like all pots and pans are created equal, and that is, in my experience, far from the case. And so I guess like what would make a good uh, quality pot? Uh, yeah, I always recommend a solid stainless steel set to people. So of those that I mentioned, you know, you got the nonstick one, but stainless steel is better. It has a better heat conduction. It's usually easier on you for lifting. So whether you're really, really strong, you can lift it with one hand or you need to use two, but you want to go with a stainless steel set. And primarily, again, like that heat conduction, you get that even cooked because if you buy... I don't know the brand of like whatever just your regular old pans you are. You get from Target, Walmart, Big Lots or whatever. They can be really thin and you'll find yourself burning stuff. And that's just because it doesn't have the layers that it needs to have on the bottom of the pan. So a really solid stainless steel set. That way you're not burning. You know, some you buy some like an early pot set and you could like throw the pots across the room without any trouble. Those are, those are not good those are not the ones okay okay uh quality stainless steel so like how much do those run typically like if, if you have to throw a range of prices out there like are there like cheap stainless steel and expensive or like is it all one price or i sent a link to a lady the other day for a cuisine art on amazon and the whole set was 170 and she was getting more than you know what i listed for you so, okay. and that okay. will take her, if she cooks every night, she'll still have that set for at least eight to 10 years, you know, versus one of those, you just kind of buy it around 11 when you want to make noodles and you like in there late at night, you're like, oh, I just need one to make noodles in. That one's going to be there for like two years. Okay. So the more money you spend, it kind of buys you more time to have a quality product that lasts. Yes, it's a, it's going to be value and it's going to save you money in the long run instead of you buying, you know, eight of those cheap ones. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, okay, and then I guess lastly, when I think about cooking, so you have like the knives, and you have the pots and pans, but also you need like the gadgets that go with it, right? So I'm thinking like spatula, spoons and all that. And so I guess like what is the bare minimum like essentials that you need to kind of make it through? You know, if you have a really quality, like, silicone spatula, I'm a big fan of silicone. I don't use a lot of, like, stainless steel spoons and stirs and stuff. So if you've got two silicone spatulas and those are for stirring and you've got one that you use for flipping and you need tongs, I mm -hmm. go over folks' house and they don't have tongs. And it kind of bothers me. You need tongs and you need a whisk. If you have those, if you have those, Alex, you will be good. Like two silicone spatulas, a flipper turner, some tongs and a whisk. You'll be ready for all the recipes. Okay. A flipper turner. I, I like that because that sounds not right, but we understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. How else are you going to make those uh, homemade pancakes without a flipper turner? 
yeah, 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 yeah. You flip and you turn it. That's what you do with it. I don't. Who knows? Who knows the real name? But we understand what you're talking about. And this is the podcast. You, you're on the right podcast because we don't know the names, but that's how you you navigate through it. So, I'm I'm in the right place. Thank you. You are in the right place. Thank you for speaking to my people and me because I don't I don't know the name. I know what a whisk is though. That's what you get in there, whip it. You know, whipping like if you have some like cream or something you put in the pot and you, yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I'm watching like Food you're, Network. You kind of, you're probably an undercover cook. Like you just don't know it. Uh, I mean, I know the basics, and so if I can, and I can follow a recipe, right? So like half of cooking is common sense, at least in my opinion. And so I can, I can follow directions. And like me and my girlfriend cooked Fourth of July uh, dinner, uh, and so like she, I was like the sous chef to her executive chef. That's what I was saying. I like it. And so she would be like, this is what we're doing next. We got to peel the potatoes. We got to do this. Got to season the salmon or whatever we're doing. And so, you know, she would take one thing, I'll do the other. And so I, I, I could do a little something, but I ain't no Emerald Lagasse or anything out here. I'm not, I'm not going to impress anybody with my cooking. Just, just enough to get by. You would be, you would be surprised. I love that you said you were her sous chef. That's such a like a term of a contention in my when I go home. So if I go back to Fayetteville and I'll want my dad to like help me with something and he'll call me a sous chef think, you know, just to, just to bother me. So, <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess the other part of cooking is kind of like knowing what to cook. Right. Cause I think oftentimes like even listening to you talk, he was like, but the potato, you'll make potato soup. You can make fries and hash browns. And like most people are not thinking about ever making a potato soup. Right. Like you, you know, most people our age, at least not think about it. You can, you make your variation of like tacos. You make your variation of like spaghetti. You got some breakfast for dinner. I think salmon is like a big, you know, mid to late twenties, early thirties meal. Like everybody's the craze is like salmon, uh, mm-hmm. but like there's so many other things. And so like I guess like how what advice would you give people to work on expanding their like repertoire of things they cook? Yeah, so we get I guess we get stuck sometimes, and that can be okay because we're comfortable with it. I told my sister about this like alphabet meal prep and I encourage kids to do it. I encourage some of my high school students to try and do it. Basically, if you are cooking the same things all the time, start with the letter A on Monday and you cook one new thing that starts with the letter A on Monday and go down the alphabet when you're planning your meals. Because you can get like lost in recipe blogs and all this different stuff. So I feel like if you just want to switch it up and get out of the same old, same old, it can even be a game for folks that have kids at home or have a large family, like just running through the alphabet. Can you think of an ingredient that starts with the letter C? Whatever it is, we're going to the grocery store, getting it. And that's what we're going to incorporate in, you know, Friday night's meal, something like that. I've I've had a lot of people have success with that one or else you just get stuck. You're going to be, oh, let me try this new recipe for jerk swordfish and you're never going to buy swordfish. (laughs) (laughs) You're just not going to do it. (laughs) Jerk swordfish. That that sounds interesting. Uh, (laughs) But I I like that. That's that's really, that's really like innovative, right? Because I think half the time, I just don't know what to cook, right? So you just go, what's easy, especially as you live in life and being busy. And so, Using that method of like finding different uh, things that go with the letter, 
uh, I think is like helpful. So do you suggest them use Google as well as they ex- explore the, the different letters? Oh yeah. You, and then, you know, if they have a, a favorite chef or like personality, I know that, I mean, we love social media. We love Instagram for all the photos, you know, scroll through somebody's feed and kind of look at that. And if you don't know what it is, like ask them. I know sometimes I'll, I'll look at something. I'm like, man, that looks delicious. But like, what did they use right there? I'll go ahead, send them a DM and be like, um, excuse me, what is that that's green on the plate? So Google and all those places. <laughs> okay. So being resourceful is, is helpful towards getting you out your, your comfort zone. And... Yes, it, mm-hmm. it is definitely. I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, there's a, there's one site and I, I'll have to think of it and send it to you later, but they'll basically like take what you have in your fridge and, turn it into a meal you type in like what ingredients you have so something like that kind of kind of useful too they they figured out some type of algorithm if you put the ingredients you have they'll like search recipes from wherever and send you a recipe that works so that can be something that's kind of fun if you're adventurous enough yeah that that sounds very adventurous i think (laughs) uh because i think another struggle since i've like started like more actively cooking um was like you buy things, right? Like, so you, I'm about to make fancy dish, right? Or something I think is fancy. I'm making a dish and you get all this stuff with it. But then there's like leftovers. And so like, what do you do with the rest of it? And like, oftentimes that's not, that's something I struggle with is like, how do I make the most of like what I have left to still make meals instead of buying new ingredients like each time. And so that website sounds very interesting. If you find it, send that to me and I will definitely I will. put that in the show notes for people. Uh Okay, so I think another thing that I'd say people, at least I struggle with, let's say that I I struggle with is navigating like eating healthy versus like something that's good, right? So growing up in the in the South, we are used to our fried this, sodium filled that, high in fat this, right? Like everything is like that's good for us. That's good to us, but that's terrible for our bodies. And so like as we get older in, in life, right, this is just slowing us down. And so I guess like what advice and like how would you suggest people work to I guess one, learn to like healthy things um, and also like how to make those like actually taste good at the same time. So yes, like ditto, ditto, ditto on all things salty and sweet and everything that's, you're talking my language. But when I went off to school, I didn't get to have, so I mean like college, when I left high school, went off to college. I didn't get to have those things as much as I was because clearly I wasn't buying it and I didn't have a kitchen in the dorms and my taste buds changed. So now I always tell people like, you know, you're not stuck with your taste buds. So one of my biggest kind of recommendations or tips is like, try the carrots. We'll just use those for instance, try roasted carrots for 10 to 14 days. Over time, your taste buds will change. Like they should. You get new taste buds. So, you know, we love that stuff because we're used to it and our taste buds are craving it. But if you give yourself the fruit, the vegetables, the real whole foods, and you can muster through it just for that like 14 day time frame, all of a sudden your taste buds are going to crave it. I don't know if you have anything that like you're like that about. I feel like I am about that, like carrot juice, which is something I never had when I was at home. But Jesus. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
You don't like carrot juice, Alex? I've never had it, but that don't sound appetizing, right? That is definitely not something I'm just going to be like, oh, let me go get some carrot juice. Nah. Oh my gosh. Like, so it was, you know, it was, it started out as a fad, I guess. of like, oh yeah, I'm going to have fresh pressed juice. But that's the one that just comes to mind because the first two times I had it, I'm with you. I was like, oh no, this is for the birds. Like, this is, this is not good at all. But I told myself I wanted to change. So I just kept drinking it. And now like I'll thirst for it. And it's the, it's the same way with the sugar and with the salt, like we're feeding our taste buds. So that's what I would definitely say is just give yourself that solid time frame. Like don't give up on it. It's like a kid with broccoli. If you shove broccoli in their face long enough and they keep eating it, they're going to like it. But if you never make them eat it, it's just going to keep ending up on the floor or with the dog or wherever else. Like, <laughs> I was very specific. Was that you as a child? Was that, was that no, you as a child? No, no, I don't, no. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I have no idea what you're talking about. So I, I think that that's, that's it. You got it. You have to really, really give it a chance, you know, just like anything like working out, which don't get me started, but I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to lose the weight in three days, unfortunately. So I got to, mm-hmm. I got to keep at it and, and change my taste buds. So you can, you can do that. And then just the like accessibility to it. So that's, I mean, that's really like the food, the food literacy and the food security piece of what I try and talk about. You can easily get sugary and salty foods. Like I don't care where you're at. You can mm-hmm. find them. So making sure in your house you have access to fresh fruit, you know, you, you have access to these other things. So then when you get a craving, you don't go for the bag of chips or the slice of cake or whatever else that's there. And, you know, learning those, those foods is a piece of when I'm teaching kids like, cause maybe they've never had a honeydew melon before, you know, I don't know how many kids I've had that never had kiwi or different things like that. So once they know it exists and it's an option, they can help to fight those cravings. Um, I think that's really important. And then, I mean, take making it taste good. It's those spices, you know, when you, I think you said earlier that you like had a fancy recipe and you bought like certain spices for it or you bought certain Mm -hmm. things for it finding those creative ways to use it like herbs and spices fresh herbs for sure grab them in the produce section they are going to amp up any dish if you think you don't like broccoli it's probably because you just never seasoned it right like it doesn't have to be heavy on the salt some broccoli with some crushed red pepper and some lemon zest and a little drizzle of honey is like a totally different dish than steamed broccoli with some salt poured on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so true. So true. Uh, you said, you said a lot there and my mind went a lot of different places. <laughs> uh, Cause I think the first thing is like, once you try something different, like give it a chance and give it some time. Right. I even think back to like when I was in high school, right? Like as athletes, our drink of choice was Gatorade. Like we drank Gatorade, like it was water. Like we just kept just chugging it. And like the thought of drinking a Gatorade now is like one of the most repulsive thoughts in my mind right now. Like <laughs> why would I want to drink? It's so sugary. Like it's just like, ew, I used to drink this. Uh, and I think that that really 
I think the more you don't drink it and have alternatives like that really changes your taste buds. So like your idea of the taste buds is like so true. Um, and I even say like this year I'm doing like no sugary drinks and just water. Uh, okay. so like the, the benefits that I'm feeling like I lost weight. I didn't even think I, I, I didn't even think I had weight to lose. Uh, and I've lost weight and then I just feel like overall better. Right. So like going back to sugary drinks, I'm not sure if it's going to be something I like really want to do because water's just got the job done. You probably won't, you probably won't like them. Like I think about the, the people they are like, oh, that's so sweet. You can, you can eat that. That's so sweet. I'm like, oh man, they probably haven't had sugar in forever because I'm like, this is not, this is not that sweet. <laughs> Like I, I can always tell when there's when there's somebody that like they don't they don't eat a lot of sugar or even with salt. Same way with salt. You have people who be like, oh, that's so salty. And then somebody else that maybe they smoke a lot or they just pour salt on their food. They'll be like, Oh, it needs more salt. Do you have any? <laughs> Crazy. Yes, that's that's such a, a- a natural thing. Like my girlfriend sometimes like will sit down and like the first thing she grabs is salt. I'm like, you didn't even taste it. Like taste <laughs> it first. And then, and so like we started watching, uh, there's this food blogger we started following to kind of like, you know, I mean, I'm 30. She's like, tw- she's 28. And so trying to be more mindful of like what we eat. And so now we kind of like, if she grabs salt, I'm like, nope, try it first. And then if you do slowly put some on there and she's like, ah, oh, okay. Okay. And so just kind of getting out your own habits because it's so easy. Like it's a natural thing to do. Like for black people, you just you sit down. You don't even taste it. You just grab the salt and say, get about four or five shakes on that thing. And then you taste it. Yep. Which is terrible. Like I understand it because I used to do that. But at the same time, that's that's killing us. We got to slow down on that. Mm-hmm. It's second nature. But if we can just switch that mindset. But see, and that's good. Y'all have like that accountability. And that's hopefully folks that are members of my platform or even come to like classes, they kind of, they get that vibe and that feel of like, Oh, okay. I'm not the only one. Like other people are, are trying to break these habits as well. So that's awesome. Y'all have each other. Yeah. We weren't always there. Cause you know, there's still moments. If I'm going to North Carolina, the first stop is Bojangles. Okay. Got to get my Cajun filet biscuit with my Cajun fries and my legendary tea. But, oh my god! But then I have to like balance that out later. <laughs> uh, I haven't lived near Bojangles in a long time, so that's why it's like my like I know exactly what I want. Uh, but also, it's terrible for me. So I'm glad I don't live in North Carolina because I still would eat it all the time. Like that's that's like my kryptonite. I'm probably I'm I'm trying to think of the place. Like if I fly home, I feel like I want to go to cookout drive through. Oh, got to get a cookout tray also. That's, <laughs> that's, that's too. bad. I'd probably oh. get a, a tray and a milkshake. Oh, and Lord. A, <laughs> and a huge tea. Oh, Lord. Yes. Okay, move on. I, I don't have one of those. <laughs> Y'all don't have cookout in Tennessee? There is. There's one, I think, like a town over. I think there is oh, a town okay. over. Mine's the closest yeah. one is like Georgia. So, you know, I'm real far away from it. Yeah, there there wasn't one for a while, and you know what? I think they did go one in downtown Nashville. It wasn't there when I was in school, but yeah. Okay, it's dangerous, dangerous. Yeah, we're not, not going to talk about it. Very true. Um, so I think another thing along this line is like good carbs and bad carbs, right? When I think about the best things I enjoy about food, is like the carbs, right? Like the biscuits, the pasta, and like all those things that like are just so good for like good for our taste buds, but like also bad for us. And so like, I guess 
what suggestions would you give people to like find alternatives to like the heavy carbs that we're so used to eating? Yeah. So mine is I'm with you on the pasta and another one of mine is rice. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really bad about just white rice. Um, and so just thinking about the alternatives, like I know for me that that mindset switch to oh brown rice is going to give me a little bit more energy brown rice is going to be healthier. It's got more fiber, you know, just thinking about all those things consciously. Like you said, as we get older, I'm like, okay, I don't want to end up having any issues. So let me make sure I get all my fiber in. Like I didn't, I did not care about fiber like eight years ago, but (laughs) now I think about those. And I know that's one of the things when I think about good carbs, like, even you know fresh fruit and the and the brown rice or even like some of your nuts and things like they're they're high in fiber items. So I just think I always try and reach for the real food. I I thought that like switching from sodas to like fruit juices was like a good switch for me. And then after doing the research, I was like, oh no, like just because it's bottled fruit juice. I'm still, it was one of the things, it was so high in carbs and not good for me. I could have, I should have grabbed an apple instead of trying to grab a glass of apple juice. Mm-hmm. So just looking for those whole grains, the whole food items, and then some of those grains that are, I feel like they were like buzz popular words for a while, but they really are good for you, like quinoa. uh, like you know like oh let me get a quinoa salad let me get a like just because it was a a popular word but Mm -hmm. they're good for you you should you should get that over the white rice you know if you can if you can stand to have a sweet potato over a regular potato like it's going to be good for you and it can be small switches like it doesn't have to be the whole plate I think that's one thing of I had to switch I was like, oh, I'm all in 150%. Let me change my whole plate. And that just did not work. I had to make like those small changes over time. So if I change like just this percentage or this portion of my plate, maybe the other plate doesn't look that good, but it's baby steps. <laughs> it's right, it's right, little, right. Little baby steps that would, that would get me there. So yeah, just looking at, I know we whole grain again, is another one of those popular buzzwords, but looking for a whole grain bread instead of a white bread. It's really not going to change your sandwich that much once you work your way through the whole loaf. But if you just, you know, if you do two slices and don't give it a shot, you're going to be like, oh, no, I need my white bread back. But if you get a a whole grain loaf and actually work yourself through the whole loaf, it'll taste buds, they'll kick in and you'll be like, okay. And then you'll start seeing some of the, you know, better benefits digestion issues i've had so many folks once we do meal prep they'll talk about how much better they feel and look kind of like what you were saying about focusing on more water mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing like once you'd feel better you didn't realize how much you were suffering right like <laughs> like i think when i used to so like last year i did no alcohol <laughs> uh, nice. which was interesting uh and i huh I said, that's nice. Yes. And so I think I didn't realize, I don't want to even say I was a heavy drinker, but like even with a little bit of drinking, like not drinking at all, like I just felt like significantly better when I did like various tasks. And like when I worked out, I had more energy. 
because uh, like you know you drink and like you're fine the next day you think but then like your energy is just zapped uh and i just think the more you can kind of like as you do better you realize like how you were was just like terrible like oh man like i was terrible like i didn't realize that i was actually like struggling my body was suffering uh i thought i drink like i just thought that was like normal and so kind of changing your mindset is like the more imp- most important part of that it it really is i mean how you are or how you were talking about with the drinking i felt like by not eating a lot i was like somehow helping with weight loss or something i was like oh i'm i'm not going to eat a lot and then it was like after really doing the research and going and seeing a dietitian i was like oh i'm not eating so then when i do get around to eating I'm eating all these bad carbs. I'm eating all the sugar because I'm like so hungry. I'm like, oh, now I finally get to eat. Let me just, I want it all. I want everything. And now that I've like switched that, it's like I have more energy. Whereas I thought before when I was tired, it was because of like working too much. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm, you know, I'm working eight jobs and trying to do this and trying to do that. When no, I just wasn't giving myself the right fuel. Wasn't taking the time out to do it. So. Uh, that's that's so important, man. F- food is fuel, and I think once you realize that's what that is, like you'll that'll transform everything that you eat, man. Uh, you wouldn't put eighty-seven gas in a Ferrari, and so if you really value your body, like you would change what you put in it to make sure you to show and illustrate that you value how it works. Yeah. Uh, funny quick story. So when you're talking about quinoa, I remember. Uh, I'd say like four or five years ago, I didn't, like I knew what quinoa was, but I didn't know how to pronounce it. Right. And so the common mistake is everybody like quinoa. And I used to say that to people and they'd be like, Alex, I need you to do better, sir. It's quinoa. And I'm like, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I felt embarrassed. And I think about that a lot when I see people talk about quinoa. I'm like, Ugh. Do not feel embarrassed. <laughs> Don't feel embarrassed. Uh, uh-uh, I love it, but it is. I'm. It was. I. I trust me. I heard tons of folks say quinoa. <laughs> you were not. You were not alone. That's just look like how it's supposed to be spelled. You know, it's, English is a stupid language, man. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> um. So I think another thing that I think derails people's like progress in the in the kitchen is like when they make mistakes, right? So you're trying a new recipe and you're getting out there and then you do something wrong, you burn it or this and, you know, whatever mistake you make. And so that kind of like discourages them for like, keep like to keep trying. And so I guess like, what advice would you give people to, you know, work through the mistakes they make to kind of learn the skill that they're trying to, to gain? Yes. So don't rush. I think, fast food mentality and that whole instant gratification kind of mentality. Like we're hungry. We want it now. So if you rush, you are more likely to make a mistake. And if it is a new recipe you're trying, I tell my students this, read it first, read it first, read it first. Like you need to read the whole recipe start to finish before you even turn on a pot or a pan. So that you can like anticipate and know what's coming next. Don't just, oh, that picture looks good. Let's start cooking. Don't do that. Um, and then I'll, I'm, I'm going to give you all all the secrets, but hopefully not too much. Uh, restaurants do not make your food fresh 
when you sit down in a booth. So if you want it to be tasting like your favorite restaurant, you're going to have to prep too, because meal prep is not just for weight loss and, you know, working out, everything like that. You're going to have to do some prep ahead of time, just like the restaurant does. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see that like a lot, just like where you, you go to the store and you buy all this stuff and it's just sitting out on the counter. You're like, oh, okay, let's, here we go. Let's get started. Well, if you don't chop everything up first, you're going to burn something in the pan while oh. you're chopping it over here. So true. I, I, it, sound, it sounds like it happened to you before, Alex. <laughs> this 4th of July, like, I think, um, like, I think so. Me and my girlfriend, like part of our like our date infrastructure when we lived in our last place, is like we would make like meals every month, like as a date. So we like cook at home and find some recipe or something. Uh, and so like we realized kind of quickly, like if we didn't do the prep work, then like how long it took to cook just took so much longer, right? And so uh, even like Fourth of July, like when we were cooking, like we did some of the stuff early. So like for the potato salad, we cut the potatoes. Uh, and for like the salmon, we did this and like, there's different things we did beforehand. So when it was ready to cook, it was already ready. And so we can just throw it in there and it goes a lot quicker. Yes, it really does. So in, I'm, I'm classically French trained and we call it mise en place. And I like preach, preach, preach that to anyone. And it's just the French term for everything in its place. And you want to do that, get it all done before you turn it on because I can understand how frustrating it is. Like you, you get something going and then on top of that, you're hungry. Like, you know, (laughs) don't mess up when you're already hungry. You, you want to get it all prepped and done. And then I love that you said y'all have the date nights because I going back to not conforming to gender roles and everything like that. I tell clients all the time, don't try and do it alone. So Again, little restaurant secret, just in case you've never been behind the scenes in one, it's a whole team. There's a whole team of people and everybody has their own station. So the same person that grills your steak is not the same person that steams your broccoli that goes onto your plate. So that like that's a big thing too. If you're if you're able to do it with friends or family or you know your partner, do that because it'll make the whole process a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work around here, man. Every time. Every time. Uh, all right. So I guess my goal in this this podcast is always keeping it under an hour. And so we're hitting 50 minutes. So I guess I'm going to change the trajectory just a little bit to make sure we can stay um, within time period. Um, so I guess wh- for people that are listening, so I guess like what are like, so let's say they're starting, like they have some pots and pans and they kind of have like all the basic things you talked about. Uh, what are some like three things that you would suggest somebody as they like work to increase their cooking acumen in at their own home? Number one, they need to tune into one of my classes. Okay. <laughs> you know, they do. So, but but seriously, if you if you feel like you got the little basics as far as tools and you really want to improve my classes are meant for those kinds of people. I tell you what to get ahead of time as far as ingredients and you cook along with me. So that's that's what makes it different from anywhere else. You can ask me questions live and I answer them on the spot live. So tune in one time and just maybe kind of see how I operate 
and then the next time you actually buy the stuff and cook with me. So that's number one. I mean, so how do they do that? So I guess as you threw that out there, how do they do that? So I have on Facebook. I do live classes on Facebook Live every Thursday at 6 o'clock Central, 7 Eastern. And then on that page, I post links to where I do Zoom live classes. I do kids classes, but that's the best place. And it's on Facebook. It's Kitchen This with Chef K. And you can, you pop in, watch me cook, and hopefully cook along with me. Okay. So that's step one. So that is, that's step one. The second one, if you're really trying to get into it, buy one new ingredient every week. So I feel like I associate money with the things that people really want to do. You know, you, you gonna spend your time on it, but you're going to spend your money on it. Just one ingredient a week that you are going to make yourself prepare. I don't care if it's a bell pepper and you know, you've never sliced up a bell pepper for yourself Buy the bell pepper and that week make that your goal as far as in the kitchen. I don't know if you're going to make fajitas with it or put it in an omelet or whatever, but buy the one new ingredient. Got to do that. Okay. And third thing, if they, if you already have all the tools, you came to one of my classes and you bought the one new ingredient for the week. I would say cook for someone else. It is probably the single hardest thing to do. Becoming a professional chef is putting your food in front of others. And I think for just trying to become a home cook, that's like, that's that level where, okay, I'm really trying it. And, you know, get it, make it be somebody that's going to be honest with you. It might be a coworker that you take them lunch or it could be your partner and you just surprise them one night and have dinner prepared or Saturday morning make breakfast. But once you get over that hump, then you'll really know like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm actually doing it. And I did it for somebody else and they survived. (laughs) Oh man. That, that is so, that's so real, man. I think, uh, sometimes my girlfriend like jokes, like you going to cook breakfast. I'm like, nah, I ain't really (laughs) cooking when I'm not here. I'm like, listen, listen, uh, uh, I'm not confident in it. Like it's probably fine, but just not confident. So that's that's phenomenal advice. Cause I think if you if it tastes good to other people, like that takes a different level of confidence than like if you cook it yourself, even if you don't like it, like you, you give yourself more grace than somebody else might. And so it's just like ugh. We go we gonna have you you're gonna be making breakfast before twenty twenty is over. You know, you just put that in the atmosphere. She's gonna listen to this and she's gonna be like, Are you gonna make me breakfast now? So when this happens yeah. I will be sure to let you know because she's definitely going to hold that hold that to me. So it'll be a good time. <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess uh, thank you so much for providing all your 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 uh, in- intelligence and knowledge on our cooking and kind of your your insights and going down memory lane with me at the same time. Thank you so much for that. Um, so you mentioned your Facebook uh, platform already. How else can people kind of stay connected if they want to follow your brand and learn from you, your classes? Yeah, so Kitchen This with Chef K on Facebook. And then if Instagram is your platform, it's Chick is the Chef. So you can find me on there. The The last place, I would say, especially if you are wanting to do some real in-depth work on your kitchen skills, get more comfortable, 
it's kitchenthis.live. So www.kitchenthis.live. It's my website and it has the link to everything. Okay. Okay. I will make sure to put that in the show notes so people can click through that and not have to listen, rewind and listen back to it every time to get it. But I'll have all that in there if they want to stay connected and we'll be good from there. Um, so everybody else, thank you for listening. Hopefully this was entertaining. Uh, this was very fun to record for me and uh, we'll kind of go from there. All right. See y'all later. Peace.